0: Okay, so it's May 5th, uh, day 712 of lockdown, uh, Revenge of the 5th, uh, I saw someone describe this uh, which amused me a little, uh, I've been quite emotional, like uh, I think that's come across in uh, the past couple of these, I've sort of talked about mental health and like being sad and that kind of thing. Uh, But nowhere has it been clearer to me that uh, my emotions have been affected by the lockdown Uh, than last night. I was watching something uh, uh, on YouTube um, and the advert before it was, uh, okay, they've done a new version of the Budweiser was up advert Um, like a new quarantine version if you don't know what that is I, hang on i'll describe it <laughs> basically it's a bunch of guys and one of them calls the other and asks them what's up and the, and the other person says not much what's up with you and it's like just watching the game having a bud true that's the and then the, the other people get involved and they all get on the phone and then at one point they all start going, what's up, what's up, what's up to each other. It was a cultural phenomenon. Uh, Budweiser are really good at cultural phenomena for like a bit. Their adverts, I I was never a fan of beer. I definitely not now. Uh, but I was never a fan of beer. But I always, I find, okay, as much as I find terrible adverts, like the M&M's adverts that have been discussed on this previously, uh, like, fascinating. I find good adverts mind-blowing. Like, a good advert is, can be like a piece of actual genius. <laughs> I'm not saying this a genius, but it was everywhere. Kids loved going, "Was up? Everyone loved doing it. It was parodied in The Simpsons, uh, in Scary Movie. It's still parodied like this day. And uh, there's an episode of Santa Clarita Diet where <laughs> which is a zombie show on Netflix where Drew Bar which came out like two or three years ago where Drew Barrymore does it. And I'm like That was like twenty years ago and we're still referencing it. So yeah, like the Budweiser one, they also had like the Budweiser frogs, if you remember them. The ones that went one said Bud, one said Wise, one said Err, and together they said Bud Wise eventually and then sang a little song They also, uh, Budweiser had an advert not that long ago which features the song uh, you me dancing by uh, Los Campesinos Los Campesinos uh, are one of my all time favourite bands and now when they play live uh, <laughs> they introduce that song by saying this is a song about beer <laughs> which just makes me very happy So anyway, last night I uh, watched on YouTube and this Budweiser advert comes on, and it's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" It's like nothing much, in quarantine, having a bud, <laughs> and like they've re-filmed it, like with people, like people in their homes, these actors in their homes. Two of them clearly lived together. I think, I actually think that it's the the guy who created it and his brother. I think, because uh, I th- I think I I knew this. I, I should do research, but I refuse to do research for this. I think, uh, like, originally it was like a stupid short film that they'd made, and then like they sent it to Budweiser, and Budweiser like, yes, please, we'll take that. But this guess is the idea is check in with your buds, and I genuinely teared up. Uh, A combination of nostalgia, I presume. And just the fact that that's just really cool that they... like I, sort of, I know that they're a massive multinational corporation or part of a corporation. And they only care about money, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But I was just like, oh, they're asking us to check in with her buds. Um, and it just genuinely touched me. Um, in a way I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh. It's, a, it's interesting the things that, like trigger you, you know. and uh, I say that uh, I didn't mean to say that in a way like, oh are you triggered whatever, but I mean like that that trigger emotional responses is what I meant. Uh, as opposed to the sort of the term trigger in terms of like PTSD or whatever, that's not what I meant. But uh, the things that elicit uh, emotional responses from you, like, I genuinely teared up. Um, at a a 20 year old beer commercial (laughs) which is like that's what's happening to us I guess (laughs) we're in a sort of weird space Uh, another thing I did last night is we finished watching Westworld uh, season 3 it's mad the the season finale is just absolutely mad like stuff happens you're like okay I guess so um (laughs) But I enjoy it a lo- I enjoyed it a lot. It made me this season has made me think a lot about uh Jonah uh Jonathan's friends. Jonathan Nolan. <laughs> uh his last series that he did. Which I don't think a lot of people have seen. And I think I should probably and I should probably stop trying to force people to watch it. Uh but I keep doing it. Right. So before Westworld uh, Jonah Nolan did a show called uh, Person of Interest and Person of Interest is one of my favorite TV shows like of the past 10 years or maybe ever <laughs> uh, let me explain. Person of Interest is a it was a it was a procedural show uh, which is as to say like an episodic show like a you know your law and order type shows and stuff that was on CBS in America or at least that's what it appeared to be. So I'll give you the premise. After 9-11, the government, the US government, uh, t- tries to create a, an algorithm, a system, for uh, predicting future terrorist attacks so that that doesn't happen again. And uh, the premise of the show is they succeed in creating this system, However, what the system also figures out is non-terrorism, violent activity, and crime. But the government doesn't care about that. They see those. They see that, that that is irrelevant. So one of the one of the creators of the system creates a backdoor. Yes, this is classic TV computing nonsense. Creates a backdoor that allows him to, allows those, uh, that means that those um, irrelevant numbers get filtered to him, uh, numbers, I should explain, it doesn't, <laughs> the system, he, the only thing he can get out are the social security numbers of, uh, of people involved. So the premise of the show is that this guy gets fed by this machine a number a social security number of someone who is going to commit or be the victim of a violent crime he doesn't see these numbers as relevant, so he wants to fix it so he he finds this ex special forces guy played by Jim Caffeezo the guy who I'm talking about by the way uh, is played by Michael Emerson from Lost and he is incredible he's such a great actor so, the, so every episode starts with uh, Michael Emerson getting a number and giving it to Jim Caviezel and then together they have to figure out whether the pe- whether the person whose number they have, the person of interest to them, is the victim or the perpetrator. And that's the premise. Although, <laughs> uh, so generally speaking, uh, each episode is about them trying to figure out, oh, is this guy a bad guy or a good guy? Uh, there's usually a twist along the way where they're like, well, this person's clearly a, a clearly a bad guy. Then they find out there's a worse guy. Oh no! Uh, and it gets more complicated. Like there's a police officer played by Taraji P. Henson uh, who's trying to hunt uh, hunt down the man in the suit. That's what Jim Caviezel's character gets known as. Uh, he's basically Batman. Um, <laughs> He does like the action sequences are ridiculous. Uh, He's like basically a superhero, and there's also a corrupt cop that they lean on, Uh, and that's that's the general premise of the show. From that premise, it gets batshit, (laughs) Um, because for a while it's just like, oh, that's quite cool, quite a cool idea. But in the background, there's always this thing of. Yeah, the government has a system that can... Because they're based entirely in New York. Because he can only get access to numbers from like one area and he picked New York. Because that's where he's from. And also because that's where he can do some good. But obviously like there's government conspiracies. Like, this machine is an AI and that gets complicated. Other people get involved and the whole thing spirals... Wildly beyond that initial premise, um, so you're like you're watching it, and it's like this episodic. Uh, each episode is a new cri- crime, yada yada, and that and it stays mostly like that throughout. But then there's just these bigger arcs that happen, uh, and they and they're all so intricately put together. Uh, the characters are all amazing. Uh, Sarah Shai and uh, Amy Acker turn up in later seasons. Uh, and their characters are two of my favorite characters on TV ever <laughs> uh, and I sing that and it's just uh, they have a wonderful sort of build into their sort of relationship and it's just uh, fascinating absolutely fascinating and it's clear that Jordan Nolan is like obsessed with artificial intelligences like this is just a thing that he's obsessed with um, <laughs> Because, like, watching season three of Westworld, uh, I don't want get, to get into it too much because it could be spoilers for it, but there's clearly DNA from that previous show and this one. Uh, I read a review <laughs> yesterday, like, after, because now that i finally finished watching it, I can go and read all of the articles about it and watch videos about it. And there's this article that was like, hey, he secretly made a sixth season of Person of Interest. <laughs> what? Uh, Because there's a whole thing in in both of them about free will and determinism. Because this system predicts what people are going to do. And they don't shy away from what that means. If people can be predicted to do something, then surely they don't have a choice, right? And likewise, in Westworld we have these robots that are programmed to do a certain thing. And what happens if they break that programming. You know I've talked about this before uh, on these audio logs and I just find it uh, interesting. Uh, I've been also I've been for the past couple of years alongside a an amazing podcast uh, which of course just as a reminder this is not a podcast. An amazing podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer which is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast obviously uh, hosted by two queer women uh, Kristen Russell and Jenny Owen Youngs Jenny Orne Youngs is one of my favourite singer-songwriters, that's how I found out about the podcast <laughs> because she was like oh I'm doing this and I was like what? <laughs> that's a combination of two things I love but they've been uh, so they've been, they go for it episode by episode uh, and the most not the most recent episode but the most recent episode that I've been uh, caught up to, up to is uh, the episode season 5 uh, I was made to love you which again, is about a robot. There's just robots all the way down. Um, so I watched that, I just finished watching that just there, rewatching that. And it's so interesting again. Like there's a reason why these shows keep going back to robots. And I also like novels and stuff. I don't want to talk about robots too much, I, I keep talking about robots with everyone. Uh, I love robots. But um, it's just a, it's a great episode, it's a really sad episode, and, uh, and it also, but it's not as sad as the episode that immediately follows it. Because <laughs> if you know anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you'd know which episode immediately follows it. And it is one of the saddest episodes of television, and I, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it. Uh, it's the episode of the body. Uh, weirdly, I don't want to spoil Buffy for people. But just, even though it's been, you know, over 20 years, I think. I'm not quite serious, this is like 2002, 2000, 2001, 2002, maybe, so. About 18 years, I still don't want to spoil it. But it's needless to say, it's the saddest episode of Buffy. Um, and I'm not sure if I want to cry that much. If I'm already crying at beer commercials... Then a sad episode of television, a famously sad episode of television, is gonna gonna knock me out completely. (laughs) But one thing, oh, something I watched last night that didn't make me cry, but that just made me laugh, and I want to recommend it to everyone. Uh, There's an improv team in America called Wild Horses, uh, which is uh, Mary Holland, Aaron Whitehead, uh, Lauren Lapkus, and Stephanie Allen. And if you've heard. If you listen to, um, like, American comedy podcasts like Comedy Bang Bang or all, anything on Earwolf, you'll have heard of all of those people. Um, like, they're all incredibly talented comedians and actors in their own right, but when they get together, they are a group called Wild Horses, and I've watched some of their bootleg shows online, or some of them they've put up themselves, but what they uh, they did the first of what I hope will be several, um, like lockdown shows and like i've talked before about how i've sort of sometimes struggled to watch improv shows um uh, like online ones but i watched this show if you go on lauren lapkus's patreon page uh that's l-a-p-k-u-s uh you can find it uh and i laughed so so much they have kate berlant who's incredible uh uh just who I, I saw at the fringe like not last year but the year before and had and chatted with afterwards and she's just one of the funniest people so they interview her for a long time uh because that's the, the format of their show is they spend a long time interviewing their guest, and then they do some improv based on that interview and it's just so, it's so funny and it's so charming and it was just so delightful to watch uh so I recommend that to anyone. Uh, it's like an hour and seven minutes, though. So you know, you can pace yourself. <laughs> uh, and there's a whole, there's a lot of talk about psychics, and it's you you see if you watch it. Uh, but I do highly recommend it. And uh, I want you to. Okay, so basically, I want you to stay safe, stay well, stay at home. And if one of your buds calls you and asks you, what's up, you know, tell them the truth. Like, tell them how you are. (laughs) True. Uh, My name is Mara Joy. Goodbye.